Hey everyone, I hope y'all have had a good weekend. It is 1.14 in the morning. I am almost out of Washington, no, Virginia. I'm about to be in Washington. I hate I-95. If y'all are on the East Coast, you know, I-95 stay busy. It's a Sunday. Why is traffic congestion? This is why I like to drive late at night. And for those of y'all who don't know, I'm a truck driver. I've been a truck driver for four years. Um, I went to school, had a degree, and I'm doing a job I didn't go to school for. (laughs) I went to school to study international studies, pretty much business. And as some of y'all know who went to college, you know, now you're doing something that you know, <laughs> doesn't portray what you went to school for. School is a crock. Anyways, um, I was dating this one girl, and she was like, I want to get married, and this, that, and the third, and I was like, okay, well, I need to get my finances together. How can I make quick money? And at that time, I was Ubering and lifting, and I decided to do trucking, and it's the best thing that could have happened to me. At first, I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to drive? Because I was always that little asshole that went around the trucks with my little Honda Civic. <laughs> but it taught me patience. Being a truck driver has taught me time management. Um, I've read or listened to on Audible so many amazing books. One of them, Green Lights, by Michael McConaughey. McConaughey, I could never get his last name right. Um, so many great um, wealth management books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Richest Man in Babylon, some really cool African sci-fi, mystical, uh, witchcraft kind of books. I don't want to say witchcraft because people take that negatively. Um, it's just a whole different world when you are listening to a book narrated by a really great voice that just like uh, man I'm on a whole different tangent this is not even what I was going to talk about but um there's this one lady and I can't think of her name right now but I've listened to all her books because her voice is that great when she's talking when she's reading the spells it's a lot different than if I was reading it To the point that I would end up in a whole different state. And I was like, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) That's why I like to drive at night. (laughs) Man, I could tell you some trucking stories. Maybe I will one day. I could tell you some crazy trucking stories. Zigzagging backwards for two miles down the mountain. Because I was too heavy. I couldn't go any forward. It's just from the west to the east, you know. Um, This is going to be different. I just heated up some food so I'm gonna be eating we're just gonna relax okay I understand there's some things have to be a certain way but not here I want whenever you guys have a time and you listen to my podcast I want it to be like man I had a long day at work you know take off your shoes take off them tight clothes and just stay in your underwear or not. <laughs> and as you're starting to open up a bottle of wine or you're cooking, then you start listening to me, you know. Um, I want us to be free. Okay. 
Um, again, please uh, feel free to go to Transformers Unite on Facebook and leave comments on um, the whatever that I talk about and suggestions of what we could talk about. And if you would like to come on and be, you know, co-host with me for that episode, just let me know. I am going to be honest with you. I am very new at this. I'm going to have to research um, microphones and stuff. The best time for me to talk is when I'm driving. Um, I have 11 hours that I drive legally and most of the time I'm utilizing my time with um, YouTube. There's some really great um, people I subscribe to. Um, this one guy, Teo Ayano. Lord, I know I just butchered his name. He uh, travels all over Africa. And he shows you parts of Africa that you did not know. And then he brings like the architecture and how much it would cost or like what could you do in a day with just $100 or whatever. And it's amazing what you can do. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, I am African. And yes, I've been told I don't sound it. Whatever. <laughs> um, I came here in 1994 with my nuclear parents, my mom, my dad, and my two sisters. Um, we are genocide survivors from Rwanda. And my dad at that time was working for the United States Embassy. So, he got a little wind that there was about to be a war. Now, mind you, this ain't nothing new to my dad. He wrote a little tiny book that you can read in like three to five hours called Overcoming Tragedies by Binyenzi Shadrach, B-I-N-Y, B-I-N-Z-I, I just mentioned that, Shadrach, or you can just Google Overcoming Tragedies. It's a really neat book, um, even though it doesn't really articulate his brilliance. He's got eight languages in his head, but it was his first time writing a book. I saw a lot of grammatical errors, and I'm a little anal about that, but my dad is a brilliant man. Um, it really um, helped me to learn more about him. Uh, the first one he encountered was when he was three years old. Each parent thought one had the other. Come to find out they didn't. So an uncle ran back to the village and snatched him out of the hut. I think it was a hut. I've never been in a hut, guys, so don't ask me. <laughs> I remember when, um, when we came here to the United States, like we literally got dropped. And then dad just shipped us to school. It was a private Christian school, a Lutheran school that sponsored uh, a family every year. And we were the family. I'd never seen white people in my life except when I got hit by a truck in Rwanda. Apparently some guy was, it was like a Zephyr Hills truck. So it wasn't that big. The guy was pissed off that my dad put him in jail. My dad was an attorney. And sorry for that noise. Let me put it on Do Not Disturb. My dad put him in the jail, so I guess he was trying to kill me. 
I giggle when I'm nervous, by the way. Full transparency here. Eventually, I will get more professional. <laughs> this is only my second episode, so give me a break. Um, so, I was heading to school, and one of our maids was holding my hand. And please, no. We weren't no fancy people. That's just our culture. Because, like, right now, my mom has a girl who goes and gets her groceries and things like that. Um, they have a little boy. He's like a teenager, 17. Living in the house with them. And he does the chores and stuff. It doesn't mean that my parents are, you know, fanning themselves, sitting, doing nothing. Uh, my dad, he's a pastor. He goes in the villages and helps people. Me and him have been building... I've been giving financially as he builds toilets for people. Um, I remember a picture he showed me of this mom and her three kids. They used to crouch in this hole, and that hole is so big the little boy could fall in there. So my dad would uh, help build like what would look like an outhouse, and they could get their decency back. Um, and he does a whole lot of other things. Um, so that's just our culture. Anyways, come back to the light, Ben. What was I talking about, child? Done forgot. Uh, yeah, so the guy uh, hit me as we were going to school. As Siperanzi was taking me to school. I will never forget it. I remember the tires rolling on top of my little body. The people outside looking. So... Why do I tell you this story? Because I was talking about white people. <laughs> so that was my first white guy. When I went to the hospital, I believe he was a doctor. I don't know. He was in a white coat. Um, luckily, I did not break anything. I didn't. Um, Siperance did, however. She's the maid. Um, and I saw a white guy, so I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> so back to what I was talking about. When... Um, I went to that school in Winter Haven, Florida called Grace Lutheran. It was nothing about white people. They're asking me questions. What's the color of your blood? I don't know. Give me a knife. And I did. I was like, oh, it's red. Did you live in a hut? Did you run with the lions? I'm like, no. I did not. I was in a regular two-story house. It was a huge... To me as a child, it was huge. But today... And I, I'm actually going back home next year after so many years I'm mentally ready so I can't wait to see it again um, there's bullet holes it's surrounded by uh, a barricade a barricade is that the word it's surrounded by um brick layer with pretty tall wall um, and half of the people hidden there during the genocide, so it was a refuge for a lot of people. But yeah, I came here in um, June, I think, of 94. The genocide started in April. If y'all seen that movie, Hotel Rwanda, that's my life. Uh, two other good movies I would recommend. I've seen them once, never again, because I had a panic attack. You can watch them for free, I believe, on YouTube. Sometimes in April, that's in the viewpoint of the women and children, and I don't know how they can replicate it. I remember the roads, 
just watching that movie, I'm like, oh my God, that's so-and-so road and whatever. And then Shooting Dogs is about um, an American man who falls in love with the Rwandan woman and he's got to choose love or get the F out of that country. <laughs> but anyways, so yes, that's a little background about me. Um, and then, so I'm a genocide survivor. I was a twin, didn't find out till I was 12. Cause I just, I don't know, I just felt like I was missing something. I felt like, I don't know, I was just so depressed. I would just cry out of nowhere. I would feel so lonely in a crowd. And I didn't tell nobody this. Uh, that's one of my characteristics is I'm always there for everybody. So I can't seem like, I don't want to say human, but I can't see, I've got to, people have to see me as having all my shit together. Okay, that's the word. So when I suffer, I suffer in silence. Um, and it used to be bad to where I would just hold things in and I would explode over the most minute little thing because of so-and-so and this and that that occurred each month over a year and then just say the right word and I explode, or the wrong word, I guess. And I, and I realized that, so I had to work on it. I don't know if the audio changes. I just got up to walk in the back. I'm getting a little hot. Um... This is a little side thing. So, I've been on T for seven years, as of July 21st. And I started premenopausing. That's something we should talk about. Like, I just, like, right now, I'm trying to cool down. When I get excited, angry, or just because, I just start getting hot. It's, it starts with my hands. And I feel like a bunch of little tingly, jabbing little things. And now, and I just start getting itchy. I'm trying not to scratch all over my back, behind my knee. And I can literally see my, 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 my arms, all over my arms. I start getting red. And back when I was a retail manager at, you know, gas stations like Sugar K, I would just go in the cooler. I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go stock. <laughs> it was just for me to stay cool. So now I just I, I gotta think cool thoughts or uh, or gulp something cold and that really does help. And I try to talk to my doctor about it and she kind of dismissed it. She was like, "Yeah, it's just early stage of menopause." And that was like three years ago. Does anyone else go through that? Leave a comment. And then it, it creates like uh, little bumps, little heat rashes, I guess. And then they go away after a few minutes. Oh, Jesus. So I'm suffering that right now. I apologize. Um, it just happens. I don't know. And you know what's ironic? It happens a lot in wintertime. What's up with that? So I'll look like I'm from up north because I'm in shorts, t-shirt, Sandals, I love sandals. I don't like shoes. My feet are claustrophobic, I think. 
And if I'm cold, then I'm wearing a hoodie. But I still have on shorts. You know, I'm a thick guy, so I don't own any pair of jeans. Uh, I just don't like to... I, I, I don't like things tight on me because I'm shapely. <laughs> Thank you, mother. What do they call it? A Coke bottle? An eight-hour figure? I don't know. But it's the kind of body that, you know, females like. And I was graced with all of it. You know, big, big, big butt, big thighs. You used to have a big chest. 40 double V. Lord have mercy. I could have left the room five minutes ago, but my ass is still there talking to y'all. Like, it is so damn big. I added that on top of my surgery. Some lipo. I really didn't feel like it did much. I, I did my flanks. The top of my butt. All over my thighs. Inside and outside of my thighs. One thing I did not know and I wish they had told me. So you know that part of the area that hangs when you're wearing, let's just say, a sports bra? I'm grabbing it right now. <laughs> I thought that was part of the of the of the uh, of the chest. I thought they were gonna lipo that out. Man, I was so pissed. Like y'all could at least told me, like, cause you know guys don't look like that. I'll be wearing like, you know, a wife beater or one of those tank tops, and you can see it's just funny looking. I'm just so OCD about. That. I don't know. It makes me feel really self conscious. So I think I'm gonna do one more lipo. Yes, I know I can get rid of it in the gym which I plan on to it's hard for me to stay consistent with the gym when you're a truck driver because I don't even have a schedule I could be at a shipper for 6 hours 10 hours I carry um, I, I have one trailer I don't drop and hook I, I stay with the same trailer it's a refrigerated trailer so right now I'm carrying lime that I picked up uh, around Tampa at the port so and sometimes I can sit and wait for a long time to get loaded or unloaded so it's hard for me to go to the gym so the main thing I can control is what I eat and I have a refrigerator inside here so I eat really well I buy um, you know vegetarian food all frozen uh, or even, you know, cooked food, but it's already been flavored, and I just heat it up in the microwave, and I drink, you know, um, I've really gotten into sparkling water, so that's really all I drink. Anyways, I was talking about what, my body's cooling down now. Another thing, guys, um, it used to be like every couple of months, or every six months, but now every week. So I need to go talk to my doctor. Every week I start having like menstrual um, pain. My back is hurting me right now. It's and um, Sundays is when I do my shots. And over the past, I don't know, couple of years, I'm just stopped. I, I, I just I don't want to do shots anymore. But I don't want to do the gel every day either <sighs> yeah and I just I've, I've I'm, I'm still scared of needles but I still do it funny story 
when I first started um, using the injections, I didn't know that you were supposed to, like one was for drawing and one was for penetration through the skin. Child, I was using that 18 to draw and puncture myself. So you knew that it took me a good minute. I'm drenched in sweat. I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. One, two, <laughs> and plunge it. Oh my God, for three days, my leg was just like hanging out there like, you okay, Benny? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, I would come up with a story, but afterwards I just gave up. Like, And then one day I was at the pharmacy and the lady was like, so do you need some for, uh, the, you know, penetration? Whatever she said, I don't know. I was like, for what? You use two different kinds? <laughs> yeah. And now I prefer the sub-Q. It's just so much easier. Not really. It's still painful for me. Let me not lie. I get ready. I'm about to inject. And then I stop. And I can feel the sharpness of the needle. And I'm just slowly, agonizingly penetrating it through my skin. So once I go home, I'm going to teach my girlfriend slash fiance. Because we're pretty much going to get married. My parents have given us their blessing and her dad so but I've still got to propose she talks about she's going faint you better learn because <laughs> I've been doing this for seven years it's your turn I think uh, I'm going to start taking notes before I do a podcast because I am so everywhere there's probably a diagnosis for it, but I refuse to claim it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but yes, guys, I don't want to be the only one talking. I would love to have y'all on here and you guys can keep me focused. Like, Ben, come on, this is what we're talking about. I'm like, right. <laughs> so, I just haven't seen a platform for us. And I want us to just talk about whatever. It doesn't always have to be trans-related, but I want us to be able to just chat, you know? And I don't want to call it a brotherhood or because I understand that um, some people don't consider themselves like um, full male. I really, I, and that's another subject I personally don't understand, so I keep my nose out of it. I do not get it. Um, I don't get it. But I love everybody. I respect them. Um, and you live your life how you want. So I'm not going to bring up a subject that I don't understand because I don't want to offend anyone at all. I don't ever want anyone to feel that they're not included. Even though this group is just for F to M's. Um, because I don't have any, I don't have experience as an M to F, you know, um, before I found the love of my life, it was hard dating, especially once I said, yes, I'm transgender. My prospectives went, my prospects went from a hundred emails a day to three. <laughs> and a few of them said, oh, how could you do that? You're such a beautiful girl, blah, blah, blah. What a shame. And it's just amazing how we have a lot of hate in our own community. Isn't that crazy? 
It's a shame. It's crazy. So that was hard for me to deal with, but I got used to it, you know. I'm used to being kicked down so many times in my life, but I just get back up again, you know. Um, being a genocide survivor, coming to this country, starting all over. I started first grade like three times, y'all. Rwanda, Kenya, here. I was so over it. I went to school Monday by Friday. I could speak English. And it wasn't until third grade that anything became difficult for me. And kids were like, you're so smart. Honestly, I don't think that's it. I just think other countries, uh, education is more important. Whereas here, everything's just given, so they don't try. Over there, you compete, okay? Okay, okay let me, sorry. My bad. Um, you compete, like, uh, if you, most, back then, things have changed, so I have no idea. Let me not speak about it now. Back then, we would go to school up to, like, third grade to know the basics to help with the farm. Um, by my age... You wouldn't go past 6th grade Because 6th grade was like SAT Whatever the big test is now You fail Oh well Just go back home and help your parents Um, My dad failed But he was like I'm going to do it again And he did Him and my mom are the first People in the family To have some kind of education So This is me admitting that I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I want us to be able to talk about everything on this group. Um, I think I'm gonna, not I think, I am going to write notes down. So that way if the episode isn't so tediously long. <laughs> and I can talk. I ain't gonna lie, I can talk. But another thing is... I learned uh, back in high school. I'm that kind of person my friends would come to for advice. And I used to be so quick to give advice. And as I got older, I realized they're not really calling for advice. They just want to be heard. And as I realized that, I would just let them talk. And they're realizing what the solution is because I'm listening so it slowed me down to to learn how to listen instead of being so quick to give a response back and that's what a lot of us need to do as human beings when we're having conversations how often are you truly listening digesting chewing what that person is saying before you spit out what you gotta spit out, you know how many of us truly listen so I was saying I can talk a lot but I'm, I'm a good listener I have a heart of serving since I was little it just makes me feel good, you know those uh, five love languages, for me I love to the person, not even just the person I'm dating, just friends in general. Before I transitioned, I don't care that I was a female, you're a male. I'm gonna open the door for you. This is this is my car. 
And uh, a lot of my guy friends liked it, you know, because society gives us a stereotype that men are supposed to be hard and unemotional and things like that. And that's why there's such a huge issue, especially in the black community. This is a whole new tangent. Oh, boy. If men would be allowed to cry, to show their feelings, but also be men, to have, to be the, the, the breadwinner or the strength or the rock, I think it would fix so many issues in a relationship. But that could be a subject for another time. Um, but yes, guys, I see that I am definitely everywhere, and I apologize. I wanted to do a little podcast before I laid down. Uh, I've been driving the last seven hours, and I was just getting sleepy. I don't have to deliver this load till tomorrow, so I'm parked over here at a rest area right before I hit D.C., and um, my girlfriend, she is in Uganda. I think we're seven hours apart on the East Coast, so she's still resting, and the past several days, our schedule has been off, so I would like to spend some time with her. We've got about five hours left to drive. So I'll lay down for like two hours and then start driving again. Um, I, I honestly believe that this podcast can work. I have a lot of ideas that I want for our community. As I was saying earlier, way back when, <laughs> the, the dating. Eh, you know, I want to create some kind of VIP experience. The clothes. I've seen some people that have created clothes for us. But why are you charging $50 for a plain black t-shirt? I don't get it. So, I'm going to go back home. I can find uh, the seamstress or whatever you call those people. Good vendors who can work with me. And my brother-in-law... He's a graphic designer, and uh, he can create the website, and we can have different layers, different uh, outfits, different styles uh, with African themes to it, or just, it's going to grow. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, the best way to get the perfect outfit is by it being tailor-made for you and over there it's not expensive so I want to be able to create clothes that are affordable that can elevate your day that can like make you poke your chest out more because you're you know you're you feel confident it's amazing how that small thing can make a huge change you know and I would know, you know, with how big my hips are, my butt. I wear bigger clothes, which makes me look big. My girl's like, honey, without your clothes, you are so small. It's just your clothes make you look big. And I personally don't, I've never had tailor-made clothes. So I want to experience this. As I'm experiencing it, I want you to experience it with me. Let's do this together. I want a safe space where... Uh, we can have mental health counseling. So I'm going to figure that out. How can I 
hire at least one psychologist or two, see how much they charge for the month, add them onto that website. So if you're having a hard time, they're just a click, a button click away. Um, that's some of the ideas I have. Um, a place where we can just chill and hang out. And as I get better and hone in to uh, this whole new atmosphere of servant leadership, I'm a servant first and a leader second. Now, that's how I, how I personally feel in order to succeed. It's not about me. I don't have like an agenda. I didn't create this to have followers. I barely have 300 people on my Facebook. If I don't know you, I don't accept. <laughs> but my Instagram is the one that I decided to become vulnerable and public. Especially because it was so hard for me to find. It was so hard for me to find pictures and stuff of people of color who had had not only top surgery but also liposuction at the same time and if you like Dr. Garamoni does the only the sexy and the fit you know let's look at a real life person <laughs> you know a size 40 or something like that and I couldn't find that um but I did have a friend, I do have a friend, a black friend, who went to Dr. Doolin. And he showed me his results, and they were just tremendous. And Dr. Doolin was able to replicate it. Like, my chest is just amazing. So I just spread the word. And on Instagram, I really opened up before and after pictures and just half nude. But, you know, there's stickers that are hidden. I would never post stuff like that. But I'm hoping it helps somebody. Um, but on Facebook, I'd be having some of these Africans friend request me. I don't know you. <laughs> we may be from the same country, but I don't know you. <laughs> um, but I'm going to learn to be more. Um, I'm trying to. I'm going to learn how to be more available. Um, I really feel that I have a calling to serve and to help. I didn't know who at first. And through the study that I'm doing, I have a mentor who's training me. Not just me, but a whole bunch of us. Um, I learned how to find my niche. And the niche is here with you guys. Um, so I... I just, I want to be here for you. Just know that. And I believe that this can go somewhere, you know. Um, so thank you for listening to me rant. I promise I'm going to have notes next time because uh, this was probably a hot mess. Not probably, it is. But again, this is me being vulnerable, being me being open. I even took off my shirt because I got hot. <laughs> My cats are sleeping right next to me, looking at me. Well, how can they look at me if they're sleeping? But whatever. You know what I'm saying. I hope y'all have an awesome Monday. I'm going to be sleeping on Monday. I'm going to see if I can find... Who am I kidding? No, I'm not. I, you know how most people post on Fridays at 8 p.m.? I don't have that luxury. I've got four to five more months 
and I'm gonna be out of the trucking industry. That's the plan. I'm working on get a, getting a passport and it's been so difficult. How are you telling me that you can't find me in the system? I've been here since 1994. So you telling me that I didn't have to pay taxes all this time? Mm, child. That's a whole nother rant. So I had to get more paperwork to show proof who I am. I kind of low-key feels because I'm trans, but then again, no. I'm not the first trans person trying to get a passport. So they're asking for my parents' marriage certificate. I'm like, yo, guys, back then they didn't have that stuff. But I can give you their taxes. This is the last time they did their tax in 2017 before they left. This proves that they're, they are who they are and they're my parents. Like, y'all need to understand that not everybody is born here. Like, I, don't, I went on a whole tangent, but I did it professionally. Okay. Um, I sent them report cards from first grade all the way to college. It showed that I've been here this whole time. I'm like, y'all can't find me with my social security number? Like, how do you say that you, I'm not in the system? Like, Make it make sense and give me my passport. Ew, there's a possum guy. Oh, possums give me the heebie-jeebies. It's walking. The only possums I know are the ones that are dead. I'm sorry if you like possums. Oh, Ooh, that just made me itch. All right. It's my cue to get off. Y'all have a great day. And talk to you soon.